Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Come on, can y'all give Jesus a what's up real quick? Come on, thank Jesus for being in here. Give him your best. Come on, can you give him a little praise this morning? Lord, we're here for you. I believe this is a house of miracles, and I believe that some of you uh, need to get some things to the feet of Jesus. And as we were singing that song, I believe that everything comes alive at the feet of Jesus. Uh, Everything that you can get to the cross, everything that you can put at his feet, resurrection is at his feet. And so I believe that if you're dealing with something today, you can bring that to the feet of Jesus. And come on, thanks for leading us, man, and and, and worship this morning. How many of you guys know that God is in this place and that anything can happen? I don't know what kind of miracle you need today, but in, like Chris said, we could stay in that moment forever. It's hard to shift from that kind of moment. I mean, I was about to call everybody to the altar and get on, the, on our faces to the feet of Jesus. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's breakthrough and there's miracles and there's things you need in your life. And so I think sometimes it's easy to move on to church announcements and your girl, Christina, that's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, it's just, it's, there's a tension in, in continuing and in, in pressing in and, uh, and, then, and then moving on. So I I just, I just want you to know, I don't take that lightly just to move on and, uh, and, and then God is doing certain things in your heart and in your life. And I, I try to listen very closely to the Holy Spirit in those type of moments and, and follow his lead. And so uh, just, to, just to see what he wants to do and say, but I do believe that he's saying to some of you, you need to get some things to the feet of the cross where things can come back to life. And I think it's important. It's a surrender. It's a letting go. Uh, we're in a series called um, uh, Playlist. And uh, how many of you guys have been enjoying that series playlist and just some of the thoughts? I hope it's been helping you. If you're online, I hope that's been helping you. Give our online campus a what's up real quick, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us online. We're so honored that you're here. You're part of our church. Uh, you're not a different church. You're part of our church. So we honor you. We thank you. Thank you for your, your generosity, your prayers, your giving, your faith. I see people all over the community. I see a lot of you in the community. You say, man, you're helping me so much. And people tune in and hear what God is doing here. And it really is helping them and setting them free. It's not just some other distant thing. God is doing things through that camera, church. Come on, give him praise for that. I'm telling you, I meet people all the time. Say, God did this in my life or that in my life. Uh, we, we've been picking songs uh, when it comes to uh, playlists. And so I was praying literally last week. I'm like, God, what do you want me to preach uh, for this next playlist song? And, uh, and or next, the next portion of playlist. And he said, I want you to preach on prayer. I want you to preach on prayer. And so what other song do you pick that everyone knows besides? Whoa, we're halfway there. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> There you go. That's it right there. That's all I know. Thank you. Give it up for him real quick. He threatened me and he said, I know you're going to try to sing that. So please, God, let me sing that for you. And so I was like, have at it. And uh, man, thank you, brother. Love you. And uh, we, we, we are going to talk about prayer today. And I think that um, prayer is one of the most uh, secret weapons or, uh, you know, unutilized weapons that we have as believers. I, I don't think that we pray enough. I think, and I'm speaking to myself today, and I think prayer does a lot of things. I think life gets busy. And uh, I think it's important that we go back to prayer. I think it's time to get back to some of the basics uh, in the kingdom. If anything, if COVID taught us anything, it was get back to the basics and get back to what uh, the foundations are. This is what it says in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 431. Obviously, no, uh, we, we are as a church, as a people, as individuals, as believers, you're living in the book of Acts. 
This is where you live. Acts is not over. The Acts of the Apostles is not over. Those things are still happening. Those miracles are still extending. The kingdom is still advancing. Doors are still opening. Witnessing is still happening. Uh, Luke said in in, in Acts chapter one, uh, began to teach all the things that Jesus began to do. It never says ended. never says began and stopped doing. It says that everything that he began to do and God is continuing those things through you and I as we pray and seek his kingdom. Acts 4.31 says this, and when they had prayed... The place they were assembled together was shaken. So, that, so they had already had Pentecost in Acts chapter two. I mean, the Holy Spirit had already been given. The whole place was shaken. Fire of tongues sat on all of them. They all began to speak in these other languages. Uh, there was 300,000 people that witnessed it. 3,000 people got saved right after Peter preached. All that had already happened. And now in Acts chapter four, it says they were assembled again. They prayed again together. We're called to be a house of prayer. And the whole place was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So they're filled again. There's this this shaking and this filling. And then it says, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. How many know that we need some boldness with the word of God in this day and age? How many know that it takes prayer and filling to have boldness with the word of God? And so, so there's this boldness and this supernatural force, this shaking that enters into the room as they pray and as they invite heaven into the earth. Uh, Chris, you were preaching. You didn't know what I'm going to talk about. You're, you were saying we're inviting God into our situations. And, and prayer, and, and I've got it in my notes, prayer invites heaven into our situations. Prayer literally invites heaven into the circumstances. Have you ever had to invite yourself into some, some, somewhere or somebody's party? How, how awkward is that? Like, you know, they're all, they're all doing something. You're just like, you know. Anybody watching the game tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> what time to come on? You're asking, all these, you're asking questions, trying to get them to say, hey, you want to come? You know? And like, it's so awkward when you're having to try to invite yourself. I think God feels that way oftentimes about our lives. Like, anything going on in your life down there? Anything, any, anything you want to invite me into? And I think oftentimes God's begging us to invite him in to our situations, to invite him into earth. And so he would show up and reveal mind-blowing things to us. Jeremiah 33, three says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. There's gonna be some stuff that you will never know until you call to him. There's gonna be some things in the busyness and the, and the frustrations and the, and the pain and problems of life that you'll never, there's things that heaven wants to reveal to you just by calling to him, it says, and he'll answer you and he'll show you great and mighty things. It says, and when they prayed, the place they were assembled together was shaken. The word shaken literally means this, that something was moved by force or power to remove obstacles, to shake off unwanted things, to arouse to action, to disturb or to be shaken by force of winds. There was, this, there was this disturbance. I got this two liter up here. I mean, right now, any of you would want to grab this thing and, and, and grab some Coke and have, have a drink. But if I begin just to shake this thing up, there's this shaking that happens in prayer and there's this, 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 this power and it says things are disturbed and shaken. Come on, would you open that up for me, man? <laughs> He's got pointed at me. <laughs> That's a good move right there. There's this, there's this, here's the thing, like, like we know what's inside. There's this potential inside of this too. There's potential, there's this carbonation and potential, but until it's shaken up, we know that there's not really anything that's gonna explode or happen. And prayer begins to shake things up on the inside to where when you, when the devil tries to crack the lid on your life, he's like, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm not calling you the devil, I'm just saying. 
like, like you, you begin to pray and some things begin to shake up and bubble up and stir up on the inside of you, then hell is not gonna mess with your life. Hell's not gonna try to, try to get the cap off your life in certain ways because they know what's gonna explode. And, and, then if, and then if the enemy does begin to mess with your life and that thing does begin to be opened, all of a sudden there's this overflow and this explosion, this shaking of power because you've been in prayer, you've been seeking God and these things have been stirred up on the inside of you. The whole place was disturbed. It was shaken or disturbed. Prayer disturbs darkness. You can write that down, man. Prayer disturbs darkness. There's things in our life that we can't disturb in our own power. 31 times in the book of Acts, prayer is mentioned. And, and let me just say this. Every time, right before a massive move of God in the book of Acts, prayer preceded it. They prayed and then a huge move happened. They prayed and a huge move happened. I wrote this down, it should be on the screen for you. I believe prayer is the link between the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. I got this, I got this hose over here. I want, you, I want you to check this out. They're gonna, they're gonna, I mean, hold on one second. Prayer, I believe, literally. Oh gosh. Where's, Chris, will you help me out? Will you turn that on back there? So, so, so here's what we're gonna do. Your face right now. You want me to move over to this section? Okay. You good, dude? Here's what, here's what prayer is. So there's a connection to the source, and I believe that prayer is the link between the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. I think we have the Holy Spirit in our life, we're connected to the source, but prayer is actually the link between the person and the power. So when I squeeze this, there's gonna be some power, there's gonna be some things that happen over here. Y'all get ready, okay? <laughs> there's nothing, there's not turned on. <laughs> some of y'all were covering up because you thought it was connected. Some of y'all were like, I know that ain't gonna be, that ain't, he ain't gonna do that. And, and what happens when, when our life is not connected to the power and the person of the Holy Spirit, Satan's not scared of our life. He, he's not worried that anything's gonna happen to our life. He's not worried that there's gonna be any, any, any power. But listen to me, you can even be connected to the, to the source, to the Holy Spirit. You can be connected to the actual faucet. But how many you know that just because you're connected doesn't mean power is coming out? So, so many of us are connected in our daily life to the Holy Spirit. We're Christians, we're connected to the Holy Spirit. We have reservoirs of power inside of us, but there's no prayer that actually turns the faucet, that turns the flow and links us to the actual power of the Holy Spirit flowing through our life. And so you and I need to begin to pray and to believe God. It says when they prayed, you can write this simple thought down. Prayer is a decision, not a feeling. Many of us are waiting to feel like we should pray. Come on, how many know that pillow is a feeling, somebody? That warm bed is a feeling. Prayer is a decision to, to get up. If I wasn't a good pastor, I wouldn't be challenging you. If I was a personal trainer, come on, Tyler's a personal trainer, you could tell by his arms. And, if, and the reality is, if he, if, he didn't, if he never told anybody to lift any weights or push, push the limits of it at all, he wouldn't be a good trainer. As a pastor, I'm gonna tell myself, tell you like we gotta, we gotta have the decision to pray and no more weak excuses, no more allowing the devil to stop me or to stop you, no more procrastinating. I don't think we have time to procrastinate with prayer in this day and hour. I think prayer for a church, God says my, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And, and, and there are pastors, listen to me right now, and I'm gonna stretch some of your theology, some of your thoughts today. There are pastors right now, friends all over the country I know of that are preaching on prayer and specifically praying in the Holy Spirit. 
You can, you can, I'm not gonna get into it today about praying in the spirit or praying in tongues, but, but the reality is if you, if you study the teachings of Paul, Paul tells us all types of beautiful ways to pray. He talks about we can pray in English, we can sing in English, or we can pray with our native language, or we can sing with our native language, or we can pray in the spirit or sing in the spirit. You are, you are a spirit being. You have a spirit on the inside of you. Every Christian who's given their life to Christ is a living spirit on the inside. Paul says, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. You all, we've made it goofy and weird and scary and everybody's freaked out about it. The, the doctrines you believe in the New Testament all came from the Apostle Paul. 90% of them came from the Apostle Paul. He also taught on supernatural prayer and spiritual prayer. First Corinthians two talks about, I pray mysteries when I pray in the spirit. Jude 20 talks about building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. The, the word building up means energizing, lifting weights with your spirit, man. You wanna get strong in the spirit? Pray in the spirit. I, I know there's been, there's been controversy. Romans 8, 26 says, for we do not know how to pray. That's what we all have in common. We do not know how to pray. And then he says, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings and utterances that can't be explained. Holy Spirit makes this intercession from our spirit being. And, and we've got, listen, I'm gonna challenge you. We've got a little book called The Holy Spirit on our connection areas and in our fresh start areas. I dare you grab one of those Holy Spirit books today. They're free, I dare you. Grab one, read through it. I'm not, I mean, there's nothing, I'm not talking about, and you've saw, seen some things that are weird when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You know why? You know why? Because the people were weird before they got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit's not weird. He's a gentleman, he's kind, he's a friend, he's a companion, he's a teacher, he's full of power, he's full of strength. And the devil's done a great job. The devil's done an amazing job at hindering the church in worship and the Holy Spirit baptism and prayer because he, because he's scared of the heart of God and the power of God. And, and, and a spiritual prayer is the power of God and worship is the heart of God. And so Satan's done all types of division and controversy to keep us away from it. That's not even my message today. Would y'all quit it? <laughs> I, I just, I think we need to pray. And there's, we're, gonna, we're gonna pray tonight. We have an encounter tonight. It's gonna be powerful. We're gonna pray for each other. We're gonna be a house of prayer. We're gonna worship. And, and I think God's gonna do some amazing things tonight. And our worship team, Justin and, and, and Melissa and the team, uh, Justin and Melissa have written a new song on miracles. And uh, we're gonna sing that tonight for the first time. And so if you need the miracle, man, I, I would ask you to show up and believe God with us and let's pray. Let's watch God shake this place. Here's some stuff that happens in prayer. Um, I think that we need, I need, I'm gonna just give you five simple thoughts of what prayer does uh, in my life. Number one, prayer will break off spiritual dullness. Prayer will break off spiritual dullness. And, and I, I know myself, I'm human, I can be spiritually dull at times. And, uh, and I know you can face that at times. And have you, have you ever gone to the beach and like you set up camp and you got your, your umbrella and your, and your cooler and your blankets and all that. And then people go, your kids go out maybe in the water, you go out in the water. And all of a sudden, like you, you're hanging out for five minutes and, and then you're a little bit further down from that. And then you're hanging out a little bit longer and you're a little bit further down. It's because the waves don't, if you look at the waves, they don't come straight in and straight out. Waves, they look like it, but if you look closely, the waves come in at an angle, right? And so they're coming in at one angle or another. And so as the waves come in, they're, they're, they're hitting you at this angle. And so they're slowly moving you away from, they're not, listen, they're not pushing you way out to sea. There are dangerous currents that can do that and grab you and pull you out. But the majority of it is pushing you down from where you started. 
Here's what I want you to know. The world and the enemy doesn't necessarily push you way back from God. And like as Christians, as believers, I mean, we're not getting way back from God, like in some horrific thing. If you are, then we can pray and God wants to rescue you and send out a little lifeguard boat, right? Come on, somebody. But the, re- but the reality is we're not getting way back from God. What, what's happened to us, the world pushes us peripheral to God. And, and so then we're believers and we're going through life and we're going through the motions. And, and then somehow we look up and find ourselves 200 yards down the beach from where we used to be on fire, where we used to be camped out for, with God, where we used to pray, where we used to believe, where we used to get up with our spouse and pray, where we used to get into the script and, and we're just kind of more peripheral. And so we've got to be intentional and get out and walk back in prayer up to where God's saying, okay, I want this dullness to kind of get off of your life. Jesus did it. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. What he was doing was essentially aligning himself with the father's kingdom and the father's authority and and submitting his own will and his own desires and his own opinion and his own preferences all to the preferences and power of the father. He says, I submit to your will, Lord. I come under your will. It's one of the hardest things for us to do as Christians. Lord, your kingdom come, not my will, but your will be done. My kids know this, like when they want something from me, they begin to ask for things that I like. And now that they're older, it's kind of cool because I can get them guns and knives and golf clubs. And, and my son, if you look at his car, it's got really dark tinted windows that my wife and I fought about because I liked t- dark tinted windows. It was a loving fight, but you know. And, uh, and so she's like, it's too dark. No one can see him in there. I'm like, it makes the car look cool, you know? <laughs> she's like, what does TDI stand for? And turbo diesel injection. I'm like, that's not what it really means. It's not what, it's not what it sounds like. I say all, di- all diesels are turbos, you know? <laughs> and so, so he's got a turbo diesel, little, little Passat. And, and he got it because I liked, when I was at the car lot, I liked that car. That's why I got that car. Come on. When, when, you, when you begin to align yourself with what the Father likes, <laughs> my kids were six and seven years old. I bought them a, a, a 12 mile an hour Razor go kart. They were six and seven. And then I went out of town on a mission trip. My wife sent me pictures of one of them hanging over the brick wall with the thing, like, like in, impaled. <laughs> She's like, are you serious? And I'm like, baby. She's like, it says, she takes a picture. It says 14 plus on the age. I'm like, I, I thought that was 14 plus hours of fun. <laughs> I didn't know. And, and, and so, so they, they had that. My point is like when you align your heart to what the father wants, you begin to ask for things. Things begin to happen in your life. He begins to move on those things. And God literally begins to shake off dullness. When you pray, he shakes off dullness in your life. I wrote this down. Dullness allows the devil to dominate areas of your heart. Dullness will let the devil dominate. Luke 18, one says this. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray. Listen to this and not lose heart. So somehow there's a connection between prayer and not losing pieces of your heart. Between prayer and the word not lose heart means actually no spiritual emptiness or spiritual weariness. That prayer guards your heart against dullness and weariness and and the enemy being able to rip pieces of your heart out. Number one, prayer will break off spiritual dullness. Number two, break off prayerless living. That sounds weird. It takes prayer to break off prayerless living. Sometimes, sometimes we get into, a, you, you can't just decide to be a prayer warrior on your own. You need God to empower you. God, help me to not have a prayerless life. Help me not to just get up and pray over my meal. 
Help me not to help me not to go about my day prayerless, Lord. I, I need you. I need there's some things. It's like priming the pump. Like you need some prayer. I know when my wife and I aren't praying together, we'll get into situations that we faced over and over and over with our kids or life or whatever. And and our first go-to is not like like the power of God. When we're not praying together, our first go-to is worry, arguing. Like what are we gonna do mentally? Figuring it out, stress, like ah frustration with each other. But when we're praying together, there's more of a tendency to go, in the, let's pray about it right now. And, and we've been stopping lately and going, and, and things that are real concerns in our life. Hey, let's pray, let's pray, let's press into Jesus right now with it. We'd be in the kitchen, we could be in the pantry, what, I don't know, we could be anywhere in the house, let's pray into it right now. Father, we, and we just start violently praying into it together. And, and we've been praying, and the more we're praying, the more we're praying. And, and is it not right? Have we not said to each other, look how fast he answered that. Look what God just did. Look how God changed the situation. Look how God changed the heart. And, and so I just wanna encourage you, like you might need to decide, I'm not gonna live prayerless. I, I wrote this down and, and, and sometimes prayerless living is a sign that you aren't trying anything bigger than yourself. So sometimes if we can live prayerless, it means we're not on the water. We're not desperate. We don't, we don't need God for anything. It's like, I got it handled. And, and I would challenge you, if you can go through life with a prayerless day, then you might, not be on, you might not be trying to step out into anything that God has supernatural for you. We need to get to a place where we, we gotta be so deep that all we gotta do is, God helps. God help. And I know sometimes life can do that. And I don't know where you are. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it'll be given. Are you, do you need anything? Seek and you'll find. Are you looking for anything? Knock and the door will be open. Do you believe in God to walk through any more doors, any new doors? As we were in prayer this morning, Tyler, you were down here on your knees and, I, and, and you were praying and I heard God say, I'm about to move in his life and I'm about to open the doors he's praying to walk through. I don't know if that means anything to you, but God said, I'm about to open the doors you're praying about. Specifically, he's gonna open the doors not to be scared to move, not to be scared to step in through. I heard that word specifically, that you're gonna move through the things he opens up for you. Are, are you believing to move through any new doors? Are you believing in prayer? And so prayer, we're asking. Number three, prayer breaks off mountains of resistance. It breaks off dullness. It breaks off prayerlessness. It breaks off mountains of resistance. Satan will throw up mountains and fights and resistance. He will not let you and I go just without a spiritual battle or spiritual fight. He will not move us into things without a spiritual resistance or battle. God has ordained prayer. He's ordained prayer to, to, to defeat and dislodge Satan in certain areas of our life. Remember the story about Daniel? Daniel in chapter, in, in the book of Daniel, he's praying 21 days and literally Daniel says, I prayed, the archangel Michael shows up and, and the angel says to Daniel, I heard you on day one, bro. But the prince of Persia, this other demon up here, like had me hindered, I was fighting him for 21 days. And then Gabriel showed up and gave me some help. Come on, thanks, Gabe. He's like, and now I'm here. <sighs> I mean, can you imagine? I mean, we read the Bible so quickly. Can you imagine like the implications of that? That there are things that Satan is trying to do over our region and over our homes and over our lives that literally prayer uh, releases the angels of God to begin to do battle. And there's a resistance in the heavens. There's a battle, there's a fight. And when you pray, it actually dislodges and sends angels to fight on your behalf. And I, I need to dislodge some mountains of resistance. Isaiah 61, 64, one says this, oh, that you would rend the heavens. Come on, prayer would open up the heavens that you would come down and the mountains might shake at your presence. Yeah. 
Literally, we begin to pray and there's these mountains that the enemy puts up to resist us that would be shaken in prayer to move off of our life. Number four, I just got a couple more, I'm gonna pray for you. Number four, prayer breaks off limitations in our outlook. There, there are certain limitations in our own natural mind that we have. And it's just, it's just human, we're human. That's why praying in the spirit is so powerful because it bypasses your own mind. If God could download everything to your mind, 1 Corinthians 2 says that you pray mysteries in the spirit. If, if, you, if God could put everything in your mind, if you could understand everything about God and he dropped everything into your mind about him, it would explode. Your mind, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't contain him. You wouldn't want a God that you could contain in your own mind, would you? If you could understand everything about him, he wouldn't be God. And so there's this prayer that you can pray and all of a sudden you can begin to break off limitations. Second Kings 13, 19, I love this story. It says, and the man of God, Elisha, he was angry with him, Joash, and said, you should have struck five or six times, then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you'll strike Syria only three times. Basically the king stopped way too soon. And there's the thing, the prophet didn't tell him how many times to strike. He didn't say hit it six times. He didn't do that. And, and he hit it three times and the prophet was like, man, what's wrong with you? Now you're only gonna defeat your enemies three times. It was this, it was this limitation in his outlook. Joash had this limitation like, ah, oh, it's good. Oh, it's enough. Oh, you know, this is plenty. And he just, he just had this no, no desperation, no passion, no fervent prayer, no, no bubbling over, striking the ground. And I just would say like, it's not like, I don't want a limitation in my prayer life or my outlook or, or thinking that God might not move anymore, might not be doing something. I want to keep striking, keep hitting, keep praying, keep believing, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep begging, keep believing. And I think as we do that, these limitations break off of our outlook. This will be on the screen for you. Most of our limitations are lies that we've become loyal to. Most of my limitations, most of your limitations are lies you've actually gotten loyal to now in your life. And the enemy's job is to, is to make the lie of limitations so loud that you can't hear the voice of the Lord. And the problem is you become loyal to the voice you hear the most whether it's your own voice. That's why the word of God's more powerful in your mouth than it is even in God's mouth. Why? Because God can speak it, but if you don't say it, it doesn't matter. God can, God's written it for the ages. It's sealed, it's done, it's settled. But if you're not speaking it, if you're not saying it, if it's not in your mouth, it's not getting into your ear, it's not renewing your mind, it's not removing limitations off your thinking, and so you begin to pray out the word of God. You don't just pray what you want. You pray the word of God and it begins to remove limitations. And now you begin to believe the voice that you listen to the most. And so you're listening to the word of God. Second Corinthians 10, four says this, for our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. And talking about prayer, our weapons of warfare, prayer are not carnal, but they're mighty to pulling down strongholds. The word stronghold, literally, Paul's talking to Christians, literally enemy encampments, fortified little castles in your mind, limitations in your mind, and, and pulling down arguments that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ, that you and I can pray and pull down fortified enemy encampments in our thinking. How powerful is that? Some of you think, well, I'm not good enough. Well, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. I've done too much. God, God wouldn't listen to me. And I, I got saved, but you know, I don't even know if it was real. And maybe I've, I know people all the time, I've made the unpardonable, unpardonable sin, God can't forgive me. It just lies in our minds. It's like getting on one of those, one of those email lists you never subscribe to, anybody? 
Come on. I mean, how bad is that? All of a sudden, I'm getting emails about candles and scented candles and, 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 and scented oils and stuff. Like, I didn't never, I didn't subscribe to this. Why do I keep getting this over and over and over? Like somehow they got, they got my name and, and what do we do? Delete. Two weeks later, what? Ah, delete. We delete them. I delete them. I delete them. I delete them. Right, right. And then, and then you go and you finally get frustrated. And you're like, I got to go and get rid of it. I got to get my name off this. I got to unsubscribe. And you go and you try to begin to look on the fine print of the email and you can't figure it out. And it takes two days and you're trying to figure out how to go. You hit unsubscribe, but you don't have, there's no button. You can't figure it out. So you say, forget it. Okay, I'll just delete it. And you do that for another month. And then you get ticked off finally. You're like, I'm gonna find the dang unsubscribe button. And you find it like eight pages deep and it's like microscopic print. And you're like, unsubscribe, thank God. Anybody ever felt good like that? And you, when you finally hit that button, ah. Then they ask you the question like, why are you leaving us? Because <laughs> you're sending me junk mail from hell. I never subscribe to this crap. That's what prayer does. Prayer hits the unsubscribe button from the limitations and the junk mail from hell. Like, get out of my inbox. <laughs> Devil, you were never invited into my inbox. I unsubscribe from your lies. I unsubscribe from limitations. I pray. I believe God can do all things. I believe nothing shall be impossible for, the, for God. I believe, I believe, I believe. God's still doing miracles. I'm breaking off limitations out of my thinking. Isaiah 23, 11 says this. He stretched out his hand over the sea. He shook the kingdoms. Talking about prayer, shaking kingdoms. The Lord gave, listen to this. The Lord has given a commandment against Canaan to destroy its strongholds. You know what Canaan means? Canaanites, Canaan's the way of the world. It's the way of fleshly living. But also the actual meaning is this, lowland or traffickers in the lowland. That, that literally it says that God gave a decree to shake the nations and to break the strongholds of the traffickers of lowland living and thinking in your mind. That some of you and me included at times need God to shake off strongholds of lowland thinking, of lowland living. You and I are kings and queens with God. I mean, when Jesus said, I'm the king of kings, why did he say I'm the king of kings? Because you and I are kings. You and I are queen. We're royalty. And, and there's this different level of thinking. You've never seen Prince Charles run. <laughs> you never seen royalty worry. That's who you and I are. It's not right for a king and queen to run and panic and worry. It's not right for us to fret and stress and, and freak out. We need to be connected to the source and just... Come on, somebody. Oh I, oh, I am the answer. I've got the king in me. When I show up, the answer will show up. I'm okay, I'm not panicked. We are the answer. You are the answer to your job. You are the answer to your family. You are the answer to your kid. You are the answer to the chaos. You are the, you're not the chaos. You are the answer. Come on, prayer just will get that royalty flowing back through your bones, back through your blood. Come on, somebody. I think we got to get back to a place of prayer. Prayer breaks off lowland living. The last one, got several minutes with you. The last one, it breaks. This is probably one of the most important things that we can be called to as a church. It breaks off the gates of hell from people's lives that hell is not gonna give up this city without a fight. That hell is not gonna give up your marriage without a fight. Hell is not gonna give up your purity without a fight. Hell is not gonna give up your perversion without a fight. Hell is not gonna give up your addiction without a fight. 
Hell is not gonna give up certain things. Isaiah 61.1, Jesus says it. This is his job description. The spirit of the Lord of God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. This is also you and I. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Listen to that. There's these prison doors. Hell wants to keep people in prison. First John 3.8, for the purposes of this, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Second Timothy 2.26, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. The last verse for today, Matthew 16, you know this verse. It's about the church, 16, 16, and 18. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You've gotten revelation through prayer and through the Father. But my Father who's in heaven has shown you this. And I also say that you are Peter and on this rock, the rock that I am Christ, I am the Son of God, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I tell you that hell's a gated community? And all around our, our city and all around people's lives, hell is putting up gates and putting up bars and putting up territory to try to keep the church out. And God says that we can be a church so full of energy and so full of power and so full of compassion that the literally gates of hell cannot stay closed when we get involved in people's lives, when we begin to pray. There's a, there's a verse, I, I told you the last verse, I lied. Here's one more verse, you ready for it? Last verse in Jonah, I love this. This is a funny verse to me, it's amazing. Jonah 2, 2 and 10, and he said, I cried to the Lord because of my affliction. This is Jonah, I cried to the Lord because of my affliction and he answered me and out of the belly of Sheol, I cried. He's in the belly of the whale, Sheol is like hell. I'm in the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. So the Lord spoke to the fish and vomited Jonah up onto dry land. Come on, somebody, when you begin to pray, hell has to hurl, hell's gotta start. I just see like praying, like I can just imagine praying and all of a sudden hell just, just dry, the devil just starts dry heaving when you start praying. I mean, the fish had to, I mean, I know that sounds gross, but I love that imagery. Like you begin to pray and whatever the enemy's trying to devour in your life, it actually has to get so sick and spit up into the, into the ground. Jonah's in the belly, this is a real story. So you're like, well, that ain't real. It's a real story. Well, I'm not getting into that. He's in the belly of a fish and he prays and it says that God hears his prayer and the whale vomits him back up. Some of you need the whale, need your whales. Some of you need God to speak to your whale and vomit you out of some stuff. You're in the belly of some stuff. God, I'm in the belly of some stuff. I need you to, I need you to pray and get this stuff to get me out. And I just, I just wanna pray for us today, two things. I wanna pray that number one, that we could, we could get empowered to pray. That I could, that you could, that we could, that we would, that'd be our first go-to, we pray first. That tonight we'd be here praying, believing God, that this place would be shaken. I don't know if you know, but in October, we had a prayer night, we had an encounter night, and literally Hebrews uh, uh, came to life. The roof opened up, not literally, but we heard the sound of heaven cheer into this room. Who all was here and heard that in this room? I'm telling you, some, I'm not, it was supernatural. I don't, I, and me, me, everybody doesn't know about that, and it blew me away, and, 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 and literally heaven began to cheer. We heard, it sounded like Neyland Stadium on homecoming day with a touchdown, beating Alabama. And Nick Saban retiring. That's what it sounded like. And there were only about 75 of us in the room and there was, it was too loud for that. People walked in and they said, man, did y'all rent, rent a stadium sound machine? 
<laughs> no, we ain't that desperate, you know. <laughs> I just... I just think we, there's something that's gonna happen tonight. We're praying, we're shaking, we're believing, and I think God's gonna do things through prayer like he's never done before in this hour in the earth, through you and through our life, through what he's called us to as a church. So would you pray with me? Father, thank you for, for prayer. Thank you that you've torn the wall of petition. You, you, you removed every barrier that we don't have to go to some high priest. We don't, we don't have to uh, sacrifice bulls and lambs and goats and rams. We don't, we don't have to go through any, you are the mediator, Jesus. You, you are the high priest that we get to come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We get to approach the throne of grace with boldness to receive mercy in time of need. Lord, we come to you in this hour. Our earth needs you. Our families need you. Our jobs need you. Our coworkers need you, God. We cry out, Lord, let us be a house of prayer. Let the church be a house of prayer. We pray for churches across this city, for supernatural miracles and open heavens and, and a house of prayer to begin to, to, to shake off mountains and to shake off resistance and to, to change our outlooks and to remove limitations, God. I pray for any of us that have been struggling just to get out of bed, put our feet on the floor and to hit the, hit the prayer moments, Lord. If we, if we get into our social media first or other apps first or other schedules first, that Lord, we would decide that the first thing we do is look to you and cry out to you and need you and, and ask for you to get involved and invite you today. Lord, I invite you. We invite you as a church, Jesus. We believe you're still working and you're still doing miracles. If you're in this place and no one looking around just for another second. Maybe you need to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life right now. Maybe you know that he's not leading your life. He's not the Lord. He's the leader. The Bible says this, that you literally can, can give your life to Jesus and get a fresh start in God. Jesus paid for every sin, every mistake, every failure. You might be sitting here going, well, I'm not good enough. I'm too dirty. I don't deserve it. No, no. Jesus paid for all that. And he came to give you a brand new heart. And maybe you need a fresh start with God this morning. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if that's you, I wanna pray for you. If you're online and you need a fresh start with God, you can just type fresh start in the chat there and let us know, or just let us know that yes, I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life. And we'll get a resource to you and send you and pray for you and believe God with you. If you're here in this room, no one's gonna embarrass you, but if that's you, say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God today. I'm ready to, to invite him into my life, to lead my life. Would you just put your hand up to me right now? No one looked around, Pastor, I need a fresh start. Pray for me this morning morning. Anybody at all in here? I need a fresh start with God. Thank you. God bless you. I need a fresh start in here. Father, thank you. You see every heart. You see every hand. Lord, online, you know every person listening. Just pray with me. Just You can just pray this prayer with me real quick. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, we pray to you. Thank you that you came to this planet and you died on a cross. You took my sin and my shame, my failures, my mistakes. You nailed it to a tree and you rose from the dead and you give me a brand new heart and a brand new spirit today. Fill me with your life, lead my life. I surrender to you the rest of my life. You're my Lord and you're my savior. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen, love you guys. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.